0: Dig a bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Let's spend a little time in Ephesians chapter 6 again, speaking about the parts of the whole armor of God. Beginning in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. It's interesting here that this is the second time that he says take the whole armor of god i think he wanted to emphasize here too it's the holy spirit that we need to have this this armor in its entirety and then he says stand therefore verse 14 having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and we talked about these two things last time wants to spend just a minute in verse 15 today and your feet shod or dressed with the preparation of the gospel of peace we think about having the right footwear on we realize even in combat today when we think about uh, the importance of having that foundation that uh, non-slip and protected Footwear we can just obviously know how important that was we think about the Revolutionary War and Washington's army we hear so many times about uh, the cold and and bare feet in the cold and even bleeding feet and we, we read about that sometimes in the Annals of the Civil War as well and our hearts just are Stricken and go out to somebody who's having to fight a battle without the proper shoes without shoes at all So this is just an obvious um, Detail of importance when we think about the armor of God but as we think about Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace we do want to think about that Roman armor just for a minute and how that this footwear included both the shoes and Greaves, G R E A V E S. Greaves. Greaves. Uh, I'm wondering about Erica right now. Erica Greaves, are you? Uh, do you spell it that way? I'm thinking you do. And your name means uh, the footwear that actually it was leg wear attached to the sandals or the shoes that bound up. The actual calves of the soldiers and so it protected their lower legs so this footwear included both shoes and greaves and as we think about the actual text here it says that the gospel is this footwear well that's obviously the gospel is the initial and primary salvation plan and we have to know it and have it to offer other people in order To win in this battle against the devil it is the sure-footed rescue from sin in the initial place in the first place we're not going to be able to help Christians out of temptation for instance if we haven't already made them Christians if we haven't already offered them the gospel of peace so that the message here from the footwear that the soldier is supposed to have is that we are to be evangelistic we are to spend our lives rescuing people from the clutches of Satan and sin rescuing them eternally sometimes when I talk about evangelism with regard to this footwear at Christian camps or to teenage girls I talk about just to help them have a memory handle I talked to them about some different kinds of shoes that we want to avoid if we're really in the Lord's army and so quickly I want to talk about those today maybe it'll give one of you an idea as you are trying to encourage other people to be evangelistic we want to avoid high heels well obviously a soldier wouldn't do very well out there fighting um, in the battle if he had on uh, spike heels we don't do very well as women out there in the battle, allegorically, if we have on high heels. And for high heels, what I mean is if we have an attitude of the fancy of the, uh, those who may seem to be in an elite social category or if we are picky with our evangelism with regard to race or social class, we as Christians cannot um, adorn our feet in high heels. That is with pickiness, with um, aristocracy, or with um, a, a, an uppity attitude, I'm going to say. We have to be... Not picky with regard to our evangelism, and not rule out people because they don't seem like they would be the ones who would want to listen. I have uh, made myself get out of my comfort zone sometimes and speak to people that I thought really in the back of my mind I thought I don't think this is a very good prospect. I mean, look at her; she's. Uh, and I'm. I'm going to be honest with you and. Um, and lay my soul bare here. Sometimes, I look at people, and I think, "Oh, what are the chances that she really would listen to the gospel?" Well, I've learned through the years that it is not up to Cindy Collie to decide who might be willing to listen to the gospel. I don't want to wear my high heels. I don't want to wear my. Um, those spike heels around people who may need to know the gospel or do need to know the gospel I need to to get on the work boots and just go and let God decide who might be responsive let people decide whether or not they want to respond to the gospel but to for me I need to be unprejudiced unbiased and I don't need to be picky with regard to who has the opportunity to hear the gospel need to get out of those high heels and then I know some people who wear flip-flops and that is they just flip and flop back and forth. One day they'll be evangelistic and decide they they're going to share the gospel and the next day they will be somewhat nonchalant about lost souls around them. We have to be people who are on fire with the gospel all the time. We need to get out of those flip-flops that go back and forth. Some people wear loafers and that is they know that people need the gospel, they know how much work it is to share the gospel, how much of an investment that it takes, but they're just not willing to take the time and effort to really make that investment. Oh, maybe they talk a game. Maybe they talk about how they pray for the lost. Maybe they um, mention on prayer lists in Bible class or whatever people who need to know the gospel, but, you know, what it takes is work it takes the commitment of time and money and emotion in order to reach into the lives of other people and sometimes it is just that it's reaching into their lives and their situations and their dirtiness before we are actually able to address their souls i think about the good samaritan i think about how that over in is it look 10 or 12 one of you can be looking there I'll be, i'll be flipping there the um, the man was on the roadside and he was wounded and left for dead and you remember that the priest and the levite passed by on the other side they weren't willing to invest what it really took in order to reach into the needs of this man but it was the samaritan the man who was looked upon as a dog by the jews who took the time who actually had the heart that wasn't a loafer heart but rather an involved heart who stopped and took expense. He poured in his own oil and wine, and then when he got to the end, he paid his own money. So he was willing to invest both time and money and emotion into this man who needed him. And as I think about that, I want to be sure that Cindy Colley is not wearing loafers in when it's time to evangelize. And then there are those who wear sneakers. I heard an elder in the church one day say that, uh, okay, we're Luke 10 actually, Luke 10 beginning in verse uh, 30-ish, 29-ish, and going through the rest of that chapter that we have the passage about the Good Samaritan. And then I wanted to talk just for a minute as I began about sneakers. Uh, One time an elder in the church said to Glenn and me, he said, always teach people the gospel and if necessary, use words. Well, that sounds kind of good that we need to teach by our examples and of course we do and of course uh, people can see our sermons sometimes louder than they can hear our words they see our actions and those our actions need to be consistent with our words but I just want to posit this to you you cannot share the full gospel the redeeming message that tells people what they must do to be saved without using words Uh, that's why um, when jesus met saul on the road to damascus he said go on into the city and someone will come and tell you words whereby you might be saved the holy spirit communicates in words and they are clear instructions and the only way that we can have them is by a clear and direct approach once we have the ears of people to listen to the gospel we have to tell them what to do to be saved they can look at our lives from now until the trumpet blows and they can learn about love and they can learn about compassion they can learn about following the golden rule they can learn about forbearance but people cannot learn that they need to be baptized in order to wash their sins away according to Mark 16:15 and 16 Acts 2:38 1 Peter 3:21 Acts 22:16 we cannot depend on our examples of righteous living to instruct people in the necessary components of the plan of salvation we must use our Bibles and study the words of the Holy Spirit and then we must present the gospel to people in words we can't sneak in the back door and trick people into becoming Christians so take off the sneakers and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm going to tell you In our vernacular, I would say get your workbook boots on get you some steel toes and get you some sometimes Evangelism is very hard and sometimes your feelings will get hurt Sometimes your toes will get stepped on as it were because you'll present the gospel and you'll think that you have invested quite a bit of time and emotion into the soul of someone that you love so very much and in the end she will say i'm sorry i'll just never see it that way i'll never forget the first time that happened to glenn and me as a couple we shared the gospel with our neighbors and we loved them very much and in the end they just said oh we're not going to ever believe that we're not going to ever believe that someone needs to be Baptized for the remission of sins in order to be saved and we knew that we had shown passage after passage That was very clear and we loved their souls so very much. And so that reality hurt us We can't let that hurt Stop us from sharing the gospel with the next person because the next person may be the one who responds and says how come How come no one ever showed me that before? So we have to get our work boots on. We have to get our steel-toed shoes on. And we have to decide that we are going to go out with feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that our lifetimes here on this earth are going to be spent trying to put souls around the throne for eternity. That's what I want to be about. How about you? Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.